So, um, uh, 30 years ago, I was the pastor in McCall, and I love McCall. So, I was a fairly newly ordained priest. I was 28 years old, and um, this, after a couple months, this one couple, and he was the pastor of this evangelical church. They wanted just to be sociable and get to know me, so we went out to dinner, and, um, and you just have to understand, I paid for my own um, college at the U of I. I got an accounting degree, but I could never afford a car because everything, I didn't want a loan, so I, everything went to pay for college. So when I went to the seminary, I bought for $200 a 1976 Ford Elite. Um, huge car, ate up the gas, and if I lost control, it could have wiped out a city. Uh, but then, you know, that was barely working anyhow, um, which is pretty funny, because, you know, if, like, you wanted to borrow my car, it'd take me 10 minutes to explain how to get it started, and anyhow. And burned up, so then, when I, my first year of priesthood, I then bought this beat-up, uh, used Honda, and uh, loved it, because a car always symbolizes freedom. I'm in McCall, it's, you know, raggedy Honda, and now, coming out of dinner with this couple, right? Coming out of dinner, just lightly starts to snow in McCall, and they see my beat-up Honda. And she says, she says, um, oh, you, you can't drive that in McCall. She said, you need, you need a pickup in McCall. And she said, I'm going to pray you up a truck. I, I know, like I started to laugh because that is such foreign idea of prayer for me. I just started to laugh. And she said, no, I'm serious. I'm going to pray you up a truck. And I just imagine her going, come on, Jesus, and like the vein popping, come on, I almost got it. Um, like I just thought that was a weird way to look at prayer. Um, and the truck never came, so. Um, <laughs> but it's a weird, to me, a weird way of looking at prayer because, think about this, for us Catholics and Jews in the Bible, and get this, this is my point, prayer is not getting something. Prayer is becoming something. So if you look at um, the gospel, they see Jesus praying. Jesus gives this weird parable. In the parable, Jesus says, prayer is like banging on somebody else's door for food to feed somebody else. Oh, like I would love it if the gospel suddenly, like James says, what? <laughs> What are you talking about, Jesus? How is that like prayer? Prayer is banging on somebody else's door? What does that mean for food? So what it means is this. So the parable goes, imagine it's in the middle of the night. You're in bed, it's 8.30. And some crazy guy, um, he comes in and he has nothing to eat. So he comes in and he needs bread. You get out of bread, bed, you go over to your neighbors because you have no food and you keep banging on that door until they give you bread to feed somebody else. So think about this. The guy banging on the door, he's not doing it for himself. He doesn't need anything. He's begging for bread to feed other people. And God is not, this drives me fall. God's not the guy in the, in the house who's in bed who refuses to get up. Prayer is not about changing God's mind. 
Prayer is not changing God, it's changing us. So the idea is this, if you notice, all through the gospel, Jesus uses this image that prayer is like food. And you pray and pray and pray so that you become bread for other people. Um, you pray not to change God, you pray so that you change. Love that. The idea is that you keep praying because your prayer life, it doesn't give you a truck or even more important, your hairline back. It doesn't give you anything. Your prayer life feeds the world. And I have to say, it really, really does. And I'll explain that in a second. But then he teaches them how to pray. And just like the Lord's Prayer, the Lord's Prayer that he mentions in Luke is different than Matthew. The one we pray at Mass is Matthew. Luke's is a little bit different. Luke, it's written in what's called the first person plural. So the first person plural, when, it, when I say I, I don't mean I, Leonard Amandus McMillan. I mean I as a member of the body of Christ. So when you pray, you do it in this communion, the entire church. Love that. Um, and like here's another favorite of mine. When it uses the word give, when Jesus says give, the Greek word means this continuous action. So what prayer is, is constantly this dialogue between you and God. Prayer is this living communion between you and God. It's not this one time, God, give me the truck, got it. Got the truck, I'm done. Prayer is this constant dialogue between you and God. And this part really is important. It doesn't say, Jesus never said pray for your daily bread. Um, in Luke, what you pray for is, the Greek is epiousios. And so you could translate it, the bread of life. That's a biblical image. In Matthew, it's the bread of the eschaton, bread of, of heaven. But think about this. You continually pray for the bread of life so that your life is changed to be bread for the world, bread for others. You feed on the bread of life, then your life is bread for other people. Your life enriches them. Prayer is not about getting something, it's about becoming something. So in the Gospel of Luke, holiness, holiness is you don't pray so that I pray so I can become more holy, which means better than you people. You pray so that uh, the more you pray, you become this force of hospitality. You become this force of life in the world. That's what holiness in the, is in the Gospel of Luke. And like, I'm weird. I, there's this whole neurological study, um, if you like studying science, that they put people in MRIs and figured out well, what does, what, what is prayer? How does it change us? And they actually find, I'm serious, prayer literally rewires your brain. Because there's all these effects that prayer has, uh, scientists have studied. Like one, people who pray regularly. Now, I, when I say this, I mean people who pray regularly. You might know your catechism, but that and two bucks will buy you a cup of coffee. You have to actually have to pray regularly. What difference does it make? People who pray on a regular daily basis, they use more of their frontal cortex, which means you're smarter, and less of your reptilian brain, your emotional side. So more brain activity in the intellectual section, um, less worry, yet 
test stress hormones in your blood, people who pray regularly have less stress hormones, less anxiety, um, better memories. They test out to be more empathic, less depressed, um, higher immune systems. And in blue zones, if you, blue zones are little strips of pieces of the world where some people just live longer. And like uh, Sardinia is one place in the Mediterranean. Um, I think it's a part of Italy. And people, like, people in Sardinia live a long time and people in all these different places. And what they found in blue zones is that one ingredient for a longer life is regular prayer. So like people say, oh, you gotta eat the Mediterranean diet. For God's sakes, give up kale and start praying regularly. Um, that's the best thing you can do for your health. And like, think about this, uh, there's all these social benefits too. Social benefits like people who pray regularly, they actually test out better at forgiveness. They test out better at being less aggressive. Um, and this to me is also the amazing part is um, people who pray regularly are more likely to sacrifice for other people. People who pray regularly, and I know I mentioned this before, there's a huge study on people's income tax, um, what they donate. You know who donates the most to charities in the United States? Who, who does that? Religious people. People who pray regularly, people who pray regularly, by a vast difference, donate more, volunteer more, soccer coach more, donate their blood, they're the ones who give in the United States. Um, so my point being, for society, for your happiness, people who pray regularly tend out to be happy. Best thing you can do, drop the kale, take up daily prayer. Uh, and think about this, if I had a drug that said, listen, I have this drug and it costs nothing, no side effects, all natural, um, uh, will improve your memory, make you happier, more forgiving, more connected to other people. Uh, would you take that pill? Yeah, because you're smart. So I'm begging you, why wouldn't you pray regularly? I'm always shocked when I find Catholics who they may know their catechism, but why wouldn't you pray regularly? And in the Catholic Church, after 2000 years, we have a whole bunch of different types of prayer you have to find one that works for you. But the point being, you pray regularly, you have all these benefits. So when I said prayer is not about getting, it's about becoming. So when you pray, you actually are becoming more hospitable, more forgiving. Um, so yeah, you pray for the bread of life so that you can become bread. You pray in, the, in Luke, you pray to forgive. In Matthew, this is kind of key. In Matthew, um, uh, when it says, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive, that's when we say at mass is Matthew. As means in the same measure, with a, like a scale. Like as petty as I am in my forgiveness, God be petty with me the same way. As generous as I am with forgiving you, be generous. Luke is a little bit different. The prayer today is not as, but when. So. When I forgive somebody else, that's when God forgives me. So like, for example, like, we'll take Jimmy. Jimmy picks on me. He does. That altar server, he picks on me. I'm scared of him. Um, 
no, he looks nice. Trust me, he's dangerous. Um, but you know, he, yeah, he bullies me. I'm afraid, I often cry. Um, but think about this. When I forgive Jimmy, that's when God forgives me. And the idea is this, to go through life requires a lot of forgiveness. Now, I'm Irish. Um, I'm not good at forgiveness. Um, no, it's true. No, genetically, they found out Irish people are missing the gene for forgiveness. Um, I mean, my God, we're not as bad as the Basque people. But um, so the point being is that you need to pray regularly so that I'm always forgiving other people. And God is always forgiving me. I become this force of forgiveness in the world. So in the gospel, Jesus connects forgiveness, sorry, prayer, with being this force of hospitality, of forgiveness and life and food for other people. Literally, the science proves it. Or the first reading about Abraham and praying for Sodom and Gomorrah. What was the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah? It's not what you think. The sin of Sodom and Gomorrah, if you look in Ezekiel or Ecclesiastes or um, Wisdom, the Bible keeps repeating the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah was in hospitality. And, and if you're awake for last week's homily, um, last week it men I mentioned the law of hospitality. The law of hospitality is this. If you show hospitality to others, then God grants you greater life. This week is the flip side of it. If I refuse to show you hospitality, then God takes away the little bit of life I have. And Sodom and Gomorrah committed great sins of inhospitality, always harassing the foreigners. So God says, oh, their life is fading. It's not that God is an angry God that wants to destroy them. If you choose the way of inhospitality, you gain death. But Abraham, he's a prayer, he prays. And his prayer life to God is not God, give me a truck. God, Abraham, sorry, keeps coming back and praying and praying and praying for other people's life. Abraham is this force of hospitality that wants to save other people's life. So he keeps going back and again and again. The point being, it makes the same point. Prayer is not about you getting something. It's about us becoming something. Um, we become this force of life and hospitality and forgiveness in the world. Our prayer life brings life. And so I, like, I really hate the American idea of prayer. Uh, prayer is, gimme, 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 I need a truck. Um, it just makes us more selfish, more narcissistic. True prayer, it causes us to be this force of hospitality. So I beg you, seriously, take up uh, daily prayer. And together, let us become bread for the world. Hello, this is Father Len McMillan. I'd like to take a moment to thank you for listening to our podcast. If they've been a blessing to you, I'd also like to invite you to prayerfully discern supporting the podcast financially. Your generosity would help support the ongoing production and distribution of the podcast. If you'd like to make a donation, you can simply click the link in the podcast description. 
Be sure to tell us your donation is for the podcast in the comments section of the submission form. Again, thank you for your support as we seek to share the good news of the gospel. May God bless you for your generosity.